freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to another episode of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. We have a great show today. What a beautiful day to live in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. It's, uh, it's the tiniest little hint of possibly fall coming. So it's like 93 degrees, but to us that feels crisp. Okay? Right. That gives you any indication. <laughs> How hot it gets over the summer. Uh, 93 is like, ooh, where's my sweater? Uh, I was going to say you're, you're going to start getting so our winter clothes out, which means <laughs> longer shorts, longer socks. Really. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got a great show today. We've got Craig Joyner. He's a vice president of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association here to talk about their role in helping to clean up desert shooting areas. Mm-hmm. And we have the S4SD, that's Students for Self-Defense at ASU. Jacob Pritchett and Garrett Walleman are the directors of No More Victims. It's a college campus on Initiative. the college campus of mm-hmm. ASU. It's a holistic approach to personally, personally, I'm sorry, approach to personal safety that goes beyond advocating of firearms on campus. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, I met them because they had asked uh, Dr. John Arlott to come out and speak. And uh, so I went out and I started seeing their banners, S4SD, what is that, you know? And so just started chatting with them and I said, we have got to get these guys on the air. So We're doing some great things. And there are our second hour, we have Jacob Bessworth. He's from Team Benelli 3-Gun. Jacob is a 12-year veteran sergeant of a large metropolitan Sheriff's Office in Omaha, Nebraska, where he serves as a fireman, firearms range master. He is a professional three-gun competitor on the Three-Gun National Pro Series. Mm-hmm. Then we have Maj Torrey. He's a founder of Black Guns Matter. Wow. Black Guns a, Matter, yeah. Black Guns <laughs> Matter. Yes. That's just awesome. It is, me. it is. And he is a solution solutionary hip-hop artist and activist for North Philly. He founded the Black Guns Matter movement in 2015 and advocates for a Second Amendment education and information for urban communities. Yeah, so I assume you paused because you wanted to be sure. Did I read that right? Because we're so used to hearing Black Lives Matter. And so I think you were like, wait a minute, did I say that right? I think all matter matters. All matter matters. Nice. Hey, our theme is... You will know them by the fruit they bear. And Cheryl, I've heard that somewhere before. Mm-hmm. Well, it is obviously from Scripture, at least for us, it's obviously from Scripture. And it is one of my favorite passages, Matthew seven sixteen. And I'm not bringing it up to hammer anyone with Christianity or to preach a sermon, but as a way to help cut through the muck that passes for news that we are bombarded with on a minute-by-minute basis, everything 
these days has an acronym, right? So BLM, is that Bureau of Land Management or Black Lives Matter, right? So it always takes me a second to work through the acronyms when I'm hearing news and, and what it pertains to. And there's always this insider lingo and purposely deceptive names like Every Town for Gun Safety. And if you listen to the progressive left-leaning politicians, we, meaning anyone who isn't one of them, we even telegraph these microaggressions and hidden messages that they call dog whistles. What? I thought I was just talking, right? I didn't realize that I was telegraphing secret dog whistle messages. But how can we possibly know what we're supporting and whose message we can get behind? It really is so much easier for people to just tune out. I have friends who have decided to sit on the sidelines and let the rest of us duke it out this election. I know people who are so terrified of being wrong, quote unquote, that they are frozen in a state of refusing to decide. What a terrible place to be in and what a helpless and defeated mindset they must be suffering. When I find myself tempted to join them in that hole in the sand just big enough to stick my head in, I remember these words of wisdom. You will know them by the fruit they bear. Do they leave a wake of destruction behind them? Or have they paved a pathway of help to others? Do they produce results or are they always gonna do something? Do they build up or do they burn down? This is a position I am in each week as I bring people onto our show. I have to research and discern if they bear good fruit, the people that I bring on. Is it fruit that I'd want to share with our listeners or do they bear poisonous fruit that will further sicken our nation? And I hope that every day you find, like you will today, that our guests bear good and hearty fruit. Well, Cheryl, you wrote that yourself. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks. Who are you? Uh, I don't know. Just some some girl who lives in Phoenix and talks on the radio sometimes. Great so, job. Thanks. All right. So our show, I'm excited for all of our guests, but we have a little bit of you know news from the past week. So we were in Virginia, Dan and I. We flew over there uh, into D.C. actually and uh, drove over to Virginia, beautiful green country, because I was a moderator for a panel at the NRA Women's Leadership Forum Summit, and we were talking about the D.C. Project. And what an amazing room full of people and speakers. But while I was uh, busy with all of the summit uh, activities, it was uh, a women's only thing, which it's so funny. If it was a men's only thing, we'd probably be screaming sexism, sexism, right? But since it's a women's only thing, uh, I got to pat down on his cute little head and say, run along, dear, and buy yourself something nice. And uh, Boy, she regretted that. <laughs> we were in a, we were in a, a hotel that was uh, connected to a mall, and they had Maseratis in the mall. So guess what I did? He did not buy a Maserati. That's what he did. That's true, but I looked at it. I did look at it twice. <laughs> no, it was great. I mean, what better opportunity than for a guy to go to an all-woman's place? It was awesome. <laughs> no, we had a good time. And I, I decided I was going to go do some uh, secret shopping and uh, went to 
several of the gun shops in the Virginia area. Uh, I went to about 100 mile radius of where we were at and went to all the shops. And, you know, it was a culture thing for me. I, I couldn't believe the differences in the gun shop there versus here. Like, give us an example. Well, I mean, because Virginia's got decent gun laws, right? Right. And I don't know. It was just like there was not a lot in the stores. There were small mom-paws type stores. Good customer service. I have nothing nothing bad to report. Just sparsely stocked. It was very sparsely stocked. And then when I saw the used guns, I was shocked at the prices. They were extremely high hmm. compared to what is in the valley here. And you would think <clears throat> that they would, they're an older part of the country... Uh, they're very heavily populated, so I would think that they would actually have access to more um, pre-owned inventory than what we do, but maybe their families hang on to everything. I don't know, but it was that was disappointing because I wanted to buy as much stuff as I possibly could since I had the opportunity. Because I told you, go yeah, buy yourself something nice. Right, so I didn't. <laughs> Guilt-free but I, shopping. It was fun to uh, to talk to the people in the shops and stuff, and I talked to several people that but were But then customers. their newer their newer stock, you said, was actually fairly pricey compared to, and I didn't realize that would be a regional thing for right. a new stock. Especially with the, the uh, internet and things. Why, you know, why is it that way? I mean, we, we receive a lot of guns from other states that people bought online. Now, you know, if you think about it, the property values there, just renting a shop the size of ours, they probably pay... I mean, we own ours, but if we were renting, they'd probably pay at least half again, if not double. Right. Oh, they'd pay a lot. Yeah. So I guess that's part of it, too. And, but it was fun. I, I got to see a lot of nice, meet a lot of nice people. So it was All great. Right. Well, stick around because after these messages, we have our very first guest in studio here with us. We are excited to introduce you to Craig Joyner, the vice president of the ASRPA. Hi, I'm Paul Lathrop. I'd like to talk with you about the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. As many of you know, you'll likely have to win two fights if you have to use your gun in self-defense. The first fight is the gunfight itself. The second fight is the fight to clear your good name through the legal system. You don't need to draw your gun to find yourself in a legal battle for your life and freedom. Even if you do everything right, you may still be prosecuted, which could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. The Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network is an official sponsor of the Self-Defense Radio Network, and they will completely take that worry away by giving you financial assistance and legal assistance if you have to use your gun in a legitimate self-defense situation. In my case, it was $12,500 just to get out of jail and get the attorney started. Don't let an overzealous anti-gun prosecutor make your life miserable because you chose to legally defend yourself. Sign up at armedcitizensnetwork.org for only $135 for the first year and discounted renewals. Or you can call 360-978-5200 and just tell them Paul sent you. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband 
husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. The theme of our show today is you will know them by the fruit they bear. And our first guest is the president of ASRPA, the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association. Uh, Craig. Craig, you're you're the president. Did you get a a bump? Oh wait, up? did I say president? <laughs> Vice president. Well, like Noble hey. would like to know about this. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Noble. Noble is a, is the president. This is the vice president. I'm sorry. And I'm I'm very happy to be vice president too. Uh, I know. Just kind of sit there for a while, right? That's yeah. a big responsibility, both of them. Yeah, I, I understand you have a fun and important event in October. But we do, and uh, I, w- I want to go over that. Uh, but I also, you know, I was very struck by something that Cheryl said in her, in her intro that had to do with people sitting on the sidelines. And I read an article probably, goodness, maybe about a month ago, and I, it's called the Flight 93 election. And I think I'd like to read the first paragraph because it kind of touches so poignantly on what you uh, okay. talked about, Let's Cheryl. Let's go. <clears throat> So here it is. Just It's a 10-page long article, and I'm sure you can find it uh, rather easily. But, but here's the first paragraph. 2016 is the Flight 93 election. Charge the cockpit or you die. You may die anyway. You or the leader of your party may make it into the cockpit and not know how to fly or land the plane. There are no guarantees except one. If you don't try... Death is certain. Hmm. To compound the metaphor, a Hillary Clinton presidency is a Russian roulette with a semi-auto. <laughs> with Trump, at least you can spin the cylinder and take your chances. Wow. Yeah. So Holy I, cow. What is that called again? It's called the Flight 93 election. Um, it was, we don't really know who wrote it. It was written kind of anonymously. There's some speculation that it was an establishment uh, Republican who didn't really want to mm-hmm. poke his head out and say, exactly. whack a mole in my direction exactly. because I'm stepping out of line here. Yeah. Well, we need more people who are not afraid to step out of line. I got to tell you. So you're but, saying like uh, Hillary is a Russian roulette with six rounds in the cylinder and you're the first to fire? Yeah, with a semi-auto, um, you know, it's going off, period. Right. At least with a revolver, you get to spin the cylinder and, and hope there's got a, a one in six ch- yeah. chance now. All right. So that was very interesting. But I do want to hear about this event that you guys are helping with in October here in Arizona. Well, ASRPA is um, supporting a fun shoot, dinner, and auction fundraiser for Tread Lightly. Tread lightly. Now, we've worked with them ourselves with, uh, through our gun shop, azfirearms.com. Uh, tell folks a little bit about what they do and why their work is important. Well, really, uh, Tread Lightly is all about supporting being good stewards of our public lands here in Arizona. I mean, that's really what it comes down to uh, in a nutshell. Uh, ASRPA members, we have this year participated in three of their, uh, their cleanups 
In March and April, our volunteers worked uh, Phoenix area cleanups at uh, Table Mesa and White Tank recreation areas. Maybe you're familiar with those. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And in June, we partnered with the uh, Prescott National Forest Service, Game and Fish, Tread Lightly, and the Avapai Sheriff's Department to clean up a popular Prescott um, shooting area. And I was really pleased with the results of that one. In just four hours, we had about 30 volunteers, and we helped remove in excess of two tons of debris. That's two tons. That's almost 9,000 pounds of stuff uh, we took out of this uh, area. And it was, yeah. So they, uh, Tread Lightly, I know they've got kind of a phrase like, you know, clean up your trigger trash, right? So it's, so some of it is people that go out to do target shooting in our, our public lands. And, you know, that's not two tons of brass casings left behind. Right. Uh, I wish it was because I would, you know, <laughs> I would have taken those to my reloading bench and made use of them. You know, it's, uh, I, I mean, I, I find it hard to believe people will do this, but, uh, and I don't think it's, re I know it's not responsible gun owners, you know, TV sets, mattresses, empty butane bottles. They'll just shoot at anything and then leave it there. Glass. It's very yeah. difficult for us to clean up glass, as yeah. you might imagine. Yeah, but, sure. you know, unfortunately, we've got a tiny minority of what I call slob shooters who <laughs> trash uh, shooting areas, right? And you they don't couch words, do you, Craig? No, I'm afraid <laughs> I don't when it comes to this because I have to clean it up. You know? A lot of people don't even think they realize what they're doing. I mean, they don't think of the impact that if everybody leaves five pounds of trash, it doesn't take very long till we have a whole... Junkyard. So true. Yeah, so and it takes a very little amount of time to generate all this stuff. And unfortunately, you know, it creates a huge negative image for all gun owners. Sure. It does. And like we need any more help. Exactly. With the, yeah. the media out there constantly vilifying those yeah. of us that love our Constitution, right? Exactly. And, and, and it's really negative for uh, guns in general, especially to non-shooters who go out there and use the force for, you know, recreational purposes. So where do you have the people that say, that it's, it's not safe to shoot out there. We have those. Mm -hmm. And now we have people that say, look what they're doing to our land. Mm -hmm. They're destroying our land. So we have those against us. We, we can't win if we don't clean up our act. Exactly, you're right, exactly right, Dan. So, you know, so while we're, we responsible shooters, as you point out, are not the problem, we're trying to be the solution. Right. Well, and the ASRPA is the, the state arm, the Arizona state arm of the NRA. And so you guys are all about safety, education, and now good stewardship of our lands. I, I got to tell you, when I see people wrinkle up their nose and go, mm, the NRA, I just I, I instantly know you have no clue what the NRA does, what they stand for, what they spend their time and efforts doing, and all the fine people that are connected to it. And um, this is just one more reason to, to be proud of both the NRA and uh, the ASRPA, which I'm a member of, my own self. So <laughs> I'm glad yep. to have you on. Thank you. Well, what we'd like to do is to encourage people to, uh, to attend the event. It's going to be held at uh, the Clay Target Center at the Ben Avery Shooting Facility. It's going to be on Saturday, October 15th. And if you want uh, to, to buy some tickets and get some more information, all you have to do is go to Tread Lightly dot org and uh, you'll be able to purchase your your tickets there so the, the fun shoot starts on saturday at two o'clock if you want to do that 
Um, if not, you can do dinner only. Uh, that starts at about five. There's going to be door prizes. One of the things I've already bought tickets for is for 20 bucks, I bought five raffle tickets online for a chance to win a customized $17,000 2016 Polaris Ranger EV. Whoa. Yeah, so. Yeah, I went in on that. Did you too? <laughs> I, I want in on that. That sounds awesome. All yeah. right. Well, we, that clock is ticking. And I know that you and I both attended uh, an event that happened here in Phoenix. Uh, Dr. John R. Lott, he's the author of uh, More Guns, Less Crime, the author of the brand new book, War on Guns. He came through Phoenix and he did three speaking events. I went to two, you went to one, and you went to the one I didn't get to go to. So you get to tell me a little bit about how that went. Well, yeah, I went to the, I actually tried, Cheryl, to go to the one that you went to, but the, uh, I hadn't quite counted on the parking. The parking. Well, that there. shows you it's an important topic and people are interested. And so, yeah, a lot of people turned out. Yeah, I saw Dr. Lott uh, on, uh, speak on September 7th, Wednesday on, uh, at Scottsdale Gun Club. Do you think our listeners know about Dr. Lott? Should I talk just a little quickly about sure. him? Go ahead. Well, for those that don't know, um, Dr. John Lott is president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. He's an economist. He's really world-recognized uh, as one of the key experts on guns and crime. He's taught at, uh, gee, University of Chicago, Yale, Wharton, Stanford, Rice, and he's got a Ph.D. in economics from UCLA. So um, he's all about the research and not about the emotion. And because of that, um, he's published nine books on the subject of guns and crime. So he really is uh, our expert. And to give you an idea of how much an expert he is, uh, the day after we saw him, he was in Las Vegas and supposed to have a debate uh, on a CBS talk show there to talk about uh, the Bloomberg Prop 1 expanded mm -hmm. background check uh, bill. Because don't you just want to keep kids safe with more common sense gun laws? Right. Right? Yeah. How about we enforce the laws we have and stop trying to pile the books full of more laws that are really, they're trickery. They're designed to make us look foolish, sound foolish, and to to work against our Constitution. You're absolutely right. And one of the things I really uh, like about the, uh, the um, Crime Prevention Research Center is really it and Dr. Lott have been there to provide facts mm -hmm. when Bloomberg-backed gun control, control groups try to scare the general public with distortions and mm -hmm. you know, misleading antidotes. Well, anyway, so um, it was supposed to be a two-hour radio interview, and the commentator came on and said, look, um, the gun control advocates who uh, found out that Dr. John Lott was going to be here, and they don't want to debate him. He's too knowledgeable. So they backed out. You know, I just, I think that kind of says it in a nutshell right there. If they can't talk on their terms and everything be laced in emotion, factless emotion, then they have nothing to say. Doesn't that kind of paint the picture right there? Yeah, I'm afraid it, I'm afraid it does. So one of the things I found interesting is uh, in listening to Dr. Lott is he was talking about, I, really, I think he came to four conclusions over the years with regards to a lot of this. The first one I found particularly provocative is he indicates that over 99% of the people flagged by our current background check system 
and therefore prevented from buying guns are falsely flagged. And Cheryl, Dan, can you imagine the lawsuits we as business owners and mm. business peoples would have Crazy. if we were uh, doing background checks on potential employees mm -hmm. and something that came up in their backgrounds 99% of the time, it was false and not true. Right. And th this is the current flawed system we have. It's incredibly flawed. And now in places like Nevada mm -hmm. and Maine, Bloomberg has managed to get this expanded background check law uh, on, the, on the ballot for November. So, But you know what? It's not all doom and gloom. And honestly, I feel like we're the, the side that's on the side of Constitution, the Constitution and our rights, we are making some important headways. And you wanted to talk about something important that happened uh, in Missouri. Yeah, that was absolutely uh, great news, and it's quite an interesting story, actually. Um, last Wednesday, Missouri legislators overwhelmingly, and I mean overwhelmingly, overrode their Democratic governor's veto and became the 12th state to adopt constitutional carry. Fantastic. Congratulations yeah. to really every citizen of Missouri. Yeah. They overrided his veto? Not only that, Dan, I mean it was overwhelmingly. The Senate, 80% of senators vote to override his veto, and 73% of the House overrode it. And they only needed two-thirds to do this. So Incredible. Yeah. All that, right. That doesn't happen. We've got to wrap up, but please tell folks how they can learn more about the ASRPA. Well, simply please go to our website, ASRPA.com, and uh, have a look around there, and we'd, be, we'd love to see you at some upcoming matches and um, get you to become members. Fantastic. Craig Joyner, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. All right, well, stick around because right after this message, we have two of the directors of ASU, that's Arizona State University, a college campus, and a group called Students for Self-Defense coming up right after these messages. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. 
Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today is... You will know them by the fruit they bear. And our next guests are a duo of fine young men from the Arizona State University who have founded an organization called S4SD. Jacob Pritchett is in studio with us and on the phone is Garrett Walleman. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Howdy. Hi. Good to be here. So I uh, learned of you and your group just a week or so ago because you had invited Dr. John R. Lott out to be a speaker. And I kept looking at your banner. I'm like, what is S4SD? What is that? Are you guys, are you maybe uh, one of these tricky groups that's really, you know, anti-gun, anti-constitution, but yet, you know, you brought out Dr. Lott to be ironic and not at all. Your group is students for self-defense and you got to, you take this holistic approach to defending students on campus that goes far beyond just guns. Am I right about that? Yeah, that's correct. Um, We're about all forms of self-defense, not just uh, firearms. Uh, We're actually focusing this semester on pepper spray um, because that's something that's widely carried by students, uh, but is technically not allowed on campus. So yeah, we run the whole gamut of uh, of self-defense methods. So Garrett, you are a member of the the national S4SD as well as the local one here on ASU. Am I right? That's correct. We founded both organizations, Jacob and I. Oh, Jacob did as well. Well, Jacob, tell us a little bit about the history of S4SD and how you got involved. So um, we actually had a um, a student concealed carry group at ASU, and um, we were trying to think of what we could. Uh, do with it. It actually wasn't officially recognized at the time, and we hadn't really done much with it. And then um, I kind of gave some thought to um, to what you know our overall mission should be. We realized that we were really interested in um, making sure that students were safe on campus. Um, so I thought a good name would be uh, Students for Self Defense because it covered more of a um, well, like you said, a holistic approach to the to the issue, and um, it also allowed us to tackle some issues that aren't you know, specifically concealed carry, but are still very important. Like in a lot of areas, there are actually more restrictive rules on uh, non-lethal weapons than there are on lethal weapons. We Hmm. think that's a thing a lot of people don't know. So um, our interest is just promoting student safety on campus, and we think that it's uh, self-evident that allowing people to protect themselves is part of that. So, Garrett... You know, I imagine that you've faced a certain degree of pushback because there just always seems to be. Tell us if you have, and, you know, what what sense would it possibly make for someone to go, I am against self-defense. I am against that. 
Uh, we've definitely had students who uh, don't necessarily agree with the things that we're promoting. Uh, and I believe their thought is just that self-defense doesn't necessarily apply to them, that they're safe on campus, that, you know, we have campus police and we have, uh, you know, various things to alert uh, 911 if they get in trouble. Uh, and we usually respectfully say to these individuals that there may be some circumstances when uh, you're not able to alert the police if you're in trouble. Um, or even if you do, sometimes it can take up to five or ten minutes for them to get there. Wow. I mean, if you think about that, five or 10 minutes. So the entire time that we will be talking on the air today, actually, if anybody tuned in at the top of the hour, that's about the amount of time that we've been talking. So if you had to wait that long for someone to come and help you, there's an awful lot of bad that can happen in that length of time. Right. And um, we've had uh, sort of a very uh, thoughtful conversation with uh, university officials, including the police department. And we were uh, talking to some representatives from the ASU police department a couple months ago, and they had like their figures out and everything. They were trying to like reassure us about all the stuff they were doing to keep students safe. And they were proud to tell us that on ASU's four campuses, they had, um, they had recently hired their 84th officer. And, you know, we were, you know, obviously that's great and everything, but, um, on ASU's four campuses at the time, there were around 84,000 students. So that's, that's one officer for every thousand students. And you know, to that, they'd probably say like, well, the officers aren't for every student's personal protection. Right, well. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so why can't, yeah, why can't the students be for their own personal protection? Right, and that's the, uh, that's the kind of point we're trying to, uh, we're trying to make. Um, the, uh, the police at ASU and other universities and in Tempe in general do, uh, do fine work, but they're, they're not there to stop things from happening. That's to expect that of them is to expect too much. And I think that that is the general idea that people have of law enforcement and first responders across the board, that they're there uh, to protect and to prevent and time just doesn't allow for that. This isn't a bashing of, of any first responder or security guard. It's just there is, you can't be everywhere and anticipate everything, but bad guys are out there planning. They know exactly what they want to do, where they want to do it, and when they want to do it. Dan? So, Garrett, uh, I have a question for you. The uh, S4SD, what is their plans for carrying a firearm on campus? Uh, we definitely support campus carry. Um, as you're, I'm sure, aware, there recently was a bill in the uh, Arizona House to, uh, to legalize campus carry. Um, it unfortunately failed, but we were in support of that bill. Um, we plan to keep uh, educating students of the necessity um, of allowing firearms and other forms of self-defense on campus, um, as well as working with ASU to try to, to move them towards legalizing that sort of thing. Right. Do you, do you think that most of the students there are pro carry or or not can i jump in here yeah oh cool um so i i think that it's kind of an issue of um of how the issue is framed right if you ask people you know use the word gun the word gun is scary if you say do you want guns on campus most people go no 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 but if you um if you ask students if they think they should be able to protect themselves if somebody comes on campus they'd be like well you know yeah of course it's my life well you know what we're we're not we're not asking for any um, for anything dramatically different. I mean, for, for example, all of the mass shootings that have happened on college campuses 
um, over the past few years have happened in places where they weren't allowed to have guns. People already bring firearms on campus. We're asking for law-abiding students to be able to carry uh, weapons to protect themselves, and we think that levels the playing field. And we think in a world where it's possible um, for people with bad intent to do that kind of thing, why wouldn't you let the, um, the good guys arm themselves? Right. Do you have anything to add to that, Garrett? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Yeah, I think that's interesting that, you know, sometimes it seems like semantics, you know, it kind of comes down to semantics. But if we if we removed this um, hot button word gun, right, then suddenly we realize how much more everyone agrees on the issue. But then that we just have this the tool itself has been vilified so effectively by those that are afraid of it and want to control us because we value our constitutional rights and the use of a certain tool that it it just devolves any intelligent conversation into a mess and an emotional muck jacob right and uh cheryl the other thing about this is that we have um we have numbers on this already so that's the other thing for some reason the numbers aren't widely publicized and people kind of act like it's some big mystery, like, oh, you know, if we let people carry on campus, like, what would that look like? Well, we have, you know, in one way or another, um, disability in, uh, in four states, at least, you know, that I know of. In, uh, in Utah, on 30 campuses, you can carry concealed with a concealed carry permit. In Mississippi, you've been allowed to do it in all public colleges since 2011. Um, Idaho, all of them since 2014. And in Texas recently, they, um, they legalized concealed carry on campus. And in all that time, as far as uh, you know, I know, if our numbers are up to date, somebody can correct us if we're not, but um, there have been zero intentional crimes by a permit holder on a college campus with a firearm. And there have only ever been four accidents, and none of them are life-threatening. And that's, you know, that's over all time, you know, people with concealed carry on college campuses. Well, the person that was debating Dr. Lott at the ASU campus that I went to last week. That was the, the earlier one. The earlier one, mm -hmm. right. Um, when he said that the, the guy he was debating said that they didn't think that guns should be allowed on campus. And I, I asked him, I says, okay, so if there's only two doors to this room. And what if somebody blocks a door and another guy comes in with a gun, wouldn't you want one of these 90 people in the room to have some kind of firearm to protect us with because 911 is not going to help the campus police isn't going to help and he really couldn't answer that question it's like i have i carry cheryl around because she carries a gun so i'm safe <laughs> with her you know and my daughter the same way and it's like i think we'd be a much safer world if more people carried safely and responsibly did you right. have something to say jacob well i i think that um these people seem to be more concerned that um some really, you know, unlikely accident is going mm -hmm. to happen than they are that something, you know, horrific that does happen is going to happen. And they, they make all of the same arguments. It's really funny as people have made, um, you know, before we legalized, um, you know, or liberalized concealed carry in a lot of states. So like when they were uh, going over the constitutional carry in Arizona, there were newspapers that said there was going to be blood in the streets. Mm-hmm. And um, that clearly has not happened. Uh, Phoenix reported its uh, 
lowest number of homicides since the 1970s mm-hmm. last year, and that was, um, and the population's gone through huge growth since then, so that's remarkable. Don't, don't you think that accidental is a lot less of a problem than intentional? I mean, so, yeah, we're going to have a few accidents along the road. Intentional is much more dangerous when you got somebody that's going to come in here and, and really cause damage, right? Right, and, but, you know, to be honest, unfortunately, um, accidents uh, do happen with firearms, and that's why we think that uh, the schools should embrace a uh, safety-conscious um, attitude towards um, guns and instead of treating them like a taboo, um, actually sponsor, you know, the, the training, training in gun safety and uh, get students to a point where they, they know how to handle these things because they're a useful tool and like any tool in the wrong hands, it can be, right. it can be a problem. But I, I don't know if you've been around people um, who are, uh, you know, not as experienced um, with firearms, but there's some really horrible misconceptions that um, people allow to kind of uh, fester in like communities where there isn't a high rate of gun ownership and there isn't a really strong gun culture. So you're talking about an echo chamber there where, you know, one person just keeps repeating all the same misconceptions as the guy before him and the, the lady after afterwards. Now, Garrett, we're going to break for commercial for just a moment, but I wanted to have you tell people how they can uh, reach out and learn more about your organization, maybe even help with a few dollars. Absolutely. Um, So we do have a Facebook page, Student for Self-Defense at ASU. Uh, We also have a website, which I believe is S4, that's the number four, S4SD.org. Um, both of those have a lot of information about what we're doing, um, upcoming events, as well as stuff we've done in the past. And finally, that, uh, that website, s4sd.org, does have a place where you can uh, donate to us if you so choose, which we would very much appreciate. Fantastic. Well, stick around. You're going to hang on the line with this, right, Garrett? Absolutely. And Jacob, you have no choice. I've locked the door. You got <laughs> <laughs> So stick around after the, the break. We are going to talk some more with Jacob Pritchett and Garrett Walliman of Students for Self-Defense. If you think that college student equals liberal equals guns are bad, you got the wrong crowd here. Stick around. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I am asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun-buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun-buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? 
fun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldstate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are so glad you're here with us today. If you've missed any portion of this show, please be sure to check our website. That's gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab, and you can find every recording of every show that we have done. If you click the Guest tab, you get to see the pictures of the people that you're listening to. So you can put a, a face to a voice and learn more about them and their organization. And there's links that go to anything that they're a part of. And uh, that brings us back to the guests that we're talking with right now. We have two gentlemen from an organization on the campus of ASU. That's Arizona State University. Their organization is called S4SD Students for Self-Defense. We have Jacob Pritchett here in studio and Garrett Walliman on the phone. Now, Garrett, I wanted to ask you... You know, we're talking about who on earth could possibly resist the idea of students protecting their lives and maybe the lives of others on campus. Um, but there are those out there that, that do resist the idea of your group, which isn't just a, a pro-gun on-campus group. It's a, You take a holistic approach um, to, to self-defense on campus. So I wanted to ask you, what are your major goals Certainly. Uh, we have three major goals. The first is to simply raise awareness of the importance of self-defense on campus and why it's important for, uh, for students, and not just you know, for on campus, but for the rest of their lives. Our second goal is to provide those students with education and training so that they can actually pick up uh, important skills uh, to defend themselves. And the final goal is to work with ASU to change their, uh, their current restrictive policies against uh, self-defensive tools such as firearms, pepper spray, tasers, pretty much every, every tool you can think of that you, you could use to defend yourself is currently banned and we are trying to change that. So, I mean, maybe somebody could say, well, you know, guns could go off accidentally or, or be used in the wrong way and maybe knives, the same thing. I don't agree with those things. And I'm so glad you guys are, are in the education mode over there. But pepper spray, like how what is the, the pushback on pepper spray? As far as I can tell, they're simply trying to uh, to cover themselves from any possible lawsuits that could arise out of a student using it. Um, I don't find it realistic myself, but as you know, college administrators are very risk averse. <laughs> That's true, but you know what? I, I the way that I think, I think they're setting themselves up for a greater degree of lawsuits and and 
that sort of energy coming against them, if they have disarmed every single one of their, what did you say, 84,000 students, and something bad happens to one of those students that they could have prevented had the the college just taken the, the posture of, look, we're in Arizona, here's our laws in the state of Arizona, follow those laws and we're good. Yeah, I suppose they're just hoping that nothing ever happens. That's an interesting position to take. Well, Jacob, you're sitting here in, in the studio with us here in Scottsdale, which isn't too far from, from your campus. Um, what, if you have a way to protect yourself between here and the edge of campus, good for you. You strike me as someone who is a safe and responsibly armed citizen. What happens the minute you cross that imaginary boundary across the sidewalk and now you're on ASU campus? What, you, you no longer are able to handle yourself in a safe and responsible manner with the firearm. It now becomes about the tool rather than your ability. Right, and uh, well, according to some people, uh, you kind of cross a, a magical barrier where uh, you know nothing is able to get in that they don't want in. And uh, <laughs> what we've been trying to do is uh, is tell them that 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 doesn't work. If you look hard enough, you wow. can actually you can find the signs that tell you that you can't um, you can't have them. I think the one that's supposed to be a firearm is a flare gun. Actually, that's the uh, it's a silhouette of a flare gun. So that's I'm sorry, funny, that's not funny, but they're, it's funny. They're, they're probably don't allow bazookas and stuff there either, too, right? I, so I've heard. Yeah. yeah. So what do they what do they do if they catch you with uh, tear gas or a firearm on campus? Tear gas, you went heavy. Pepper um, spray. Pepper, <laughs> pepper spray. spray. Tear so gas. I want to say it depends on the university. So um, we're trying to work with a lot of universities with a lot of um, different. Uh, rules and approaches. Um, Arizona State University is in Arizona, which has, you know, I'd say a very, you know, good gun culture, good gun laws, um, stuff like that. And we were actually really interested to know, like, what that approach would, because we had people, you know, we thought some of our members could, like, would carry in other circumstances and could, you know, they wouldn't know if they were on campus or not for sure, or stuff like that. And uh, it seems like their, their first reaction would not be to, you know, go into deadly force mode, so that's good to know. Mm -hmm. It would be if they asked you to, they would ask you to put it, like, leave and put it away somewhere else. And um, if, you, uh, if you didn't do that, you'd be arrested for trespassing, I believe. And uh, in theory, there is a very, like, I don't know what, what the class is, but it's one, one level below felony. Um, it's a very high-level misdemeanor. Mm -hmm. you, could, you could be prosecuted under, and that's for breaking any of the rules on weapons. But it sounds like they're not, like, going to be too quick to use those tools. Mm -hmm. But um, but regardless, so it's almost say, a don't ask, don't tell kind of a situation at this point. Well, um, we don't we don't really want to you know say that to be sure, but I, I guess that's just sort of you know the the logical conclusion you could come to. They're not searching students, but mm -hmm. uh, for that same reason, the policy doesn't work against the you know people that they they yeah, want to the use bad, it against the bad people. Yeah, and let me tell you, it's a very open campus. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's, there's no fences. No fence, no guards in front or anything like that. There's lots and lots and lots of entrances. Some of them are like, you know, a quarter of a mile wide. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's nothing keeping you from coming on campus with whatever you want to bring on campus. So Garrett, um, I was reading your bio that I posted on gunfreedomradio.com and you grew up with guns. Is that because you're, you spent a lot of time in Arizona or, or what makes you so different from all those 
college students, which equal liberals, which equals guns are bad? <laughs> well, I was born in Arizona, so I think that helped a little bit. Uh, like many young men, uh, my dad got me into shooting when I was relatively young, um, and it was something that always uh, held an interest for me. I found it to be a very enjoyable sport. Uh, I also just like to think I have uh, a relatively open mind about most things, and uh, you know, unlike I think people who uh, who maybe don't like guns, it's more because they've just never experienced them and they're not willing to try them out. Yeah, I think that's a. a Excellent way to put that. And Jacob, what is your backstory? So I come from a, a very different place. I come from a uh, liberal bubble known as uh, Northwest Washington. Wow. And, um, you so, are off the reservation. You yes. are off the island entirely. So I grew up in Bellingham, Washington, and it's actually the state with, um, um, actually shall issue uh, gun permits, but um, there have been actually multiple incidents of local law enforcement not realizing that that was the law. Oh, wow. So it's so abnormal to see people, um, you know, with firearms, I guess, that they they treat, are more prone to, like, treat that as a bad situation, even when there's no there's no good reason for them to think. Mm -hmm. that and that I've heard that it's the same in Oregon in a lot of places and stuff like that. But um, I really wasn't um, raised again around guns. I mean, my father owned a couple but I didn't really go shooting stuff like like when I came to Arizona that's you know when I started shooting and everything and I'm still not I'm still not really a gun nut you couldn't put me in that category but um the 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 rights angle of it and the safety angle is really important to me that's interesting you you sort of um take the bridge role you know so here we have Garrett who's clearly grown up with guns clearly uh comfortable with them and and ingrained in that culture and then there's people that are so completely anti that they, they see one and they have to go to their safe space. Please don't tell me they're safe spaces. Just don't, just don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I need a safe space when I hear that our college students need safe spaces, okay? And so, um, so you're in that middle position where you're like, look, I understand the need, the reasoning, the logic of this tool uh, without having to go so far as saying, you know, I'm a gun nut. So I, I think that you hold a very important voice in, in this debate and in, on this topic. Now, Garrett, I wanted to ask you, I'm, I'm looking at your web page, your home page, and I believe that's a picture of you standing at a table with a board behind you with a bunch of sticky notes, and it says, how would you defend yourself on campus? And I, I assume you're asking students, fellow students, to kind of like, you know, identify, to self-identify <laughs> If which category they're in, knife, taser, firearm, there might be another one there behind you. Um, how did that go when you, you had, had that table set up? That was definitely one of our more interesting events. Um, as you identified, we were asking students, you know, if you were allowed to carry any of these things on uh, campus, which one would you choose to carry? Um, we had a lot of interesting conversations with students, a lot of students uh, who you know, you supported it were more than happy to put their sticky notes up there. Um, and those who didn't support it uh, came up and talked to us about stuff. Um, and I think once they saw that we were quite reasonable and, and willing to talk, uh, that was something they quite enjoyed. Um, at the end of the event, we did count up all of the stickies that were put up there. And if I remember correctly, the two uh, largest sticky counts were for uh, pepper spray and for firearms, which makes sense to me. I think those are probably the two most realistic forms of self-defense on campus. Interesting. And did you get anybody that gave you dirty looks or sideways glances or any of that kind of stuff? 
I probably, but I don't think they stuck around long enough for us to notice. Garrett, did any of them say uh, they they prefer to carry a police officer? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think the students are, you know, they're at least intelligent enough to know that's not a realistic option. (laughs) Sarcasm by Dan. (laughs) Brought to you by Dan. Hey, listen, we've got to wrap up, but please um, tell us once again, uh, Garrett, if you would, how people find out more about your organization. Certainly. Um, We have a Facebook page, Students for Self-Defense at ASU. And we also have a website, which is s4sd.org, s4sd.org. Awesome. And uh, Jacob, if you could tell folks, like, can can anybody donate? Like, what if they're not even in Arizona, but they love your idea, or maybe they want to bring it to their campus? What can they do? We appreciate donations. Again, on s4sd.org, we have a a pretty easy form where you can... um, where you can donate to us. Um, also, we have a start chapter button right on the home page, and it just brings you to a form you can fill out, talk about your school's needs and stuff like that. And uh, we want to help you start a chapter at your school, and we have some resources to, uh, to help you out with that, and we're willing to walk you through it. Fantastic. I am so happy to have met you both. I really want to bring you back on once in a while and just kind of see how it's going. So thank you again, Jacob Pritchett and Garrett Walliman of Students for Self-Defense. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Well, stick around because we have our second hour of Gun Freedom Radio coming up. We've got two more great guests, Benelli Three Gun Champ, Jacob Betsworth, and hip-hop artist turned constitutional activist, Maj Ture of Black Guns Matter. And right remember, after this. And remember, only you can prevent gun control. <laughs> nice. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Um...